A new book by Julian Barnes is always an event. The author of novels including Flaubert's Parrot, A History of the World in Ten and a Half Chapters and Arthur and George, and non-fiction such as Levels of Life, his new novel, the first since the Man Booker Prize winning The Sense of an Ending, is The Noise of Time. It tells the story of Russian composer Dmitry Shostakovich and his battle to create art against the background of a totalitarian regime. The Noise of Time has a very striking cover, a man in an overcoat carrying an attaché case looking over his shoulder. Barnes has worked with designer Suzanne Dean, creative director of Vintage, for 20 years and as you'll hear in this exclusive interview, the collaboration has been so fruitful he plans never to let her retire. They joined me in the podcast studio. Julian and Suzanne, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Um, before we started, you were sort of laughing together at how long your creative relationship has lasted. Can you tell us a little? Years? 20 years. Very unusual, I think. Um, and never a bad word. Never a bad word. Never Wonderful a bad word. working relationship. I do not believe that I will leave that unprobed. There must have been some bit of tetchiness at some no. point. I do not like this. No, I'm sorry to, sorry to have to tell you that we've never had a bad word. No. Um, the, uh, the only, the only uh, possible dissension is not with Suzanne, but if I choose a cover uh, or I prefer a cover marginally more than the one that my editor wants. Yes. Um, and, uh, and sometimes I get my wish and sometimes I think it's their job to choose the best cover and don't feel that strongly. Um, but the the last time, I think it was this book, um, I actually rang Suzanne up and I said, um, I really can't decide between these two um, uh, and I want another couple of days, but what do you think? Mm. And she said, brilliantly, she said, I'm very happy that it's down to those two. Mm. How many had you made? How many different variants had you made, Suzanne? Probably about 10, I think. Um, well, I show them first to the editor, Dan Franklin, and we get rid of a few ones that he thinks are absolutely nonsense. And then Julian comes in, and it's always an yeah. interesting moment. That is apart, apart, apart from the actual writing, it's, it's the most fun of publishing a book is coming in to see Suzanne because, um, you know, we do it for so many years and for a while she used to have a technique. She would lay out the covers. That's what you thought. Yeah. <laughs> she, would, she, would lay out, she would lay out the covers and it was always the penultimate one that she wanted. So she put a, quite a strong one in first and I, because that would relax me and I'd know, I'd know, well, at least we've got one really good cover and then there'd be lots of one. Then the penultimate one would be the one she wanted. And then about f three or four books ago, I, I, I said, Suzanne, this is the penultimate one. That's the one you want me to like, isn't it? And she... Oh, dear, I'm so easily read. So once yeah, you've rumbled that ruse, I mean, another it, bit of subterfuge Now she puts it anywhere. But it yes. may be, you know, you tell me the answer to this because I never asked you before. It may well be that actually when you have these ten, you think that there are two or three which are e equally pleasing to you personally. Yes. Is that usually how it is? That usually is occasionally there'd be one that I'm absolutely ready to, like Arthur and George. That was yes. particularly yes. Um, a strong feeling towards... We that have that in front cover. of us. Yes. Shall we just look at it for a second? Um, that was quite unusual at the time, and plenty of people do cloth covers now, but there was a lot of work that production had to go into to put the ink 
onto the cloth. Just, just describe it for us uh, for a moment. Well, it's it's... Sort of old gold cloth with cream lettering and uh, illustration of Arthur and George. They're back to us so that they're slightly disguised in this Victorian edges. And it was it was taking references from books of the period. And I had such fun doing that. I just absolutely loved it. And we had to get round the no flaps with a bit of paper which held all the text. That was that was interesting. And look at the... I've forgotten about these end papers. The end papers, yes. Beautiful end yes. papers. And you remember what I said to you when you started designing it? Yes. I said, there's one thing I don't want. I don't want it to look like a Victorian book. <laughs> you did not really want it to look like Sherlock Abs- Holmes, did I didn't you? Want I mean, that was hopeless. Like a, like which we should say, Arthur is book. Arthur Conan and, Doyle. And, and, and then, you know, this is how brilliant she is. She convinced me that this is what I really wanted. It looks like a Victorian book, doesn't it? It does. Yes. And I think yes. it, what it also does... It's, it's suggestive, isn't it? I mean, yes, the men yes. are facing away from us. You already get an air yes. of some kind of mystery. Who could they possibly be? What is their relationship yes. with one another? And that really very strongly uh, comes out in, in The Noise of Time. I'm glad you said that. It, it's, it was a similar discussion that we had at one point, wasn't it, about... What, what, what did I what did I say life. that you got round me with? <laughs> on this the one thing the I don't figure. want is a man with a suitcase on the <laughs> No, it was it was making sure that we didn't give everything away. Yes. Yes. Well it's marvellously wrong footing because of course uh, people are most likely going to know that this is a novel about Shostakovich. So you imagine there will be some sort of musical reference. Not at all. There's a man with a suitcase. You think, what can this possibly be? Yes. And I loved that moment when I was reading the manuscript and the way his thoughts were sort of dotting around and coming back and the memories and just the tension, the thought of that lift. And when the lift comes up and it's it's a different person, not who he's expecting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And it, it just seemed absolutely the right choice for the cover. I was so adamant about that. I did, as I say, I did do lots of other visuals. And there were glasses, very Russian poster-like covers, blocks to to make you feel that he was being pushed in. So all those kind of options I went through. But I kept coming back to the man in the suitcase and I commissioned this wonderful woodcut. And I, it was just perfect. It, was, it really was. And he has a Russian name. Is he Russian? Yes, the Vladimir. Yes. Yes, that's quite right. He should even yes. he he Actually, should have changed his name if he wasn't a Vladimir <laughs> already. Um, he's based in America. But there was another one apart. We've got about five in front of us yes. now. But there was one I liked very much. Well, not my second choice, but certainly my third choice, which was a, a someone standing. I think the same figure with yes, a suitcase, and he was standing one, between it? two two Soviet trains yes, that's right, uh, on the a railway station. Track uh, that was very moment. strong. And this this is some lino cut work that I did. I mean, I look at them and think, actually, they all would have worked. But there is something so extraordinary about this cover because it's it's that image, which you open the book with, um, Shostakovich standing by the lift shaft because he does not want to be taken away in the night and his, his child and his wife to see that. And it's so frightening. It's such a powerfully mm. resonant, mm. terrifying mm. moment in the and book. And it makes it frightening for the rest of the book. Yes, and, that's, uh, and that, that is probably the most famous moment in Shostakovich's life. If you talk to, occasionally when I talk to musicians, I was talking to about six months ago, no, before I'd finished the book, about nine months ago, I was talking to Simon Rattle, and I said, I'm writing a novel about Shostakovich, and he immediately said, oh, 
that when he was waiting by the lift mm-hmm. night after night, and I'd already decided to start with that scene being being the focus of the first third of the book, I thought that's that confirms me in yes. the in the rightness of it. And then it and then it's, you see, if you saw this cover and you didn't know who or what it was about, and you didn't know what Shostakovich looked like, you'd just think it. You'd think it was someone under pressure, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Um, that's, that's yes, the looking over their shoulder, yeah, as well, and the way he's sort of terrifying, is looking over his shoulder. But it's, it's just right for the the period the book's set in, and the hints of the Soviet, etc., with the typography. Yes. But also, it's quite modern. It's yes. a it's a yes. odd balance of the two things at the same time, which is quite difficult to pull together. You've also, I mean, she was also brilliant in her choice of paper. I like it with each each time we work together. She sort of lets me into a few more sort of secrets and more of the process because I think she's beginning to trust me. But but she, she said she said I want I want I want the, I want the, it to look like really sort of cheap brown paper, the sort that you would wrap something up in a Soviet department store or yes. something, but at the same time be sturdy enough not to get torn. And I thought. Yeah, I can sort of see what you're getting at. And then you sent me three mm. or four different brown papers, and and they weren't, weren't hugely different. They but weren't huge, but, but there was a difference between yes. them. And 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 you chose the right one. There you are. I could have been a designer. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps this is unwitting, but the association between books and brown brown paper is also there. That memory of having to cover your school books with brown paper to prevent them from damage all those years ago. I don't suppose children have to do that anymore. But there is there is a mm. something booky about brown paper. Yes, yes. and it feels yes. so nice. And we we um, did the lettering and the black and red lettering and the image, in fact. With foils, so it really stands out. It's particularly bold because otherwise, the if it was printed, it would have absorbed into it and lost some of that power. What's it called? I mean, it's not embossing it's, or something. No, it's just it's, just it? literally um, foils. So two different foils are printed onto the brown paper, right. and it, it's similar technique to the Arthur and George, but instead of cloth, you've got brown right. paper, and it just gives it that boldness. Now let us go back in time. Mm. 20 years or so. Tell us about the first book that you ah, that yes. you worked on. There's a wonderful pile here which we will... Yes, well, I've brought in today also. from home and yes, this is the first book, Letters from London. Which Eight. was a collection of my... Jo- I, mm. I was, I was um, London correspondent of the New Yorker for five years. Actually, not st- five years, but it was actually 1990 to 1994. But the publishers thought 1995 sounded better on the cover because <laughs> it sounds like five years. Though actually, 1990 to 1994 is five years if you work through all those years to people's sleight of hand. I um, think we can forgive them from the distance of, of some we years. Can. And and it's a, and it's I want. A, I've always had the rule that when I reprint journalism, it, it should be as an original paperback, not as a hardback, because I think it's been p- paid for once. I don't think it should mm. be. I think it should be made as widely available as possible first time round. So you knew that you had a you had yes. a, a flapped paperback. A flapped paperback, and I I hadn't met Julian before. I was working at Picador. This was my second publishing job. I think I must have been there six months, and um, read the text and came up with this idea of objects being sent through the post that represented the different articles and trudged around London finding, you know, various things like a bowler hat, the um, is it the independent, independent wrapped up as a squeaky Maggie there, and then put stamps on them to look like they'd actually been sent through the post, photographed them. Um, 
and quite a laborious process. Uh, oh in yeah, other words. there were a lot of stages, and thankfully Julian approved it. Yes, I did. I did. It was much better than the American cover. <laughs> that, that, Can you remember that, what that is? That, that, that they proposed. Um, I think it was just. Um, it was just very. They, all the images were banally English. You was know? it a beef eater? Like that sort a beef of a thing. eater, yes. a, a Devonshire cream tea, or something like that. You know, whereas all uh, all Suzanne's images um, relate exactly to the book and to, and to chapters of the it. book. That proves you read it. That's always that's always a, you know it's a basic test. I mean, um, I remember as an old friend of mine long dead now, called James McClure, who was a South African thriller writer, published by Penguin. Um, and he, uh, he once, my wife was his agent, so I know the story, and he, he had a penguin cover presented to him, and it was, um, it was a noose, um, a hangman's noose, but for, because there was a, a hanging murder in the story. And he said, but that knot could never hang anyone. <laughs> because he knew about crime, and and I don't know if they'd not read the book or they hadn't understood it, but they they put they put on the cover something which couldn't possibly have committed the crime that was that was the subject of the book. Yes, precision in some things is all really. Sometimes precision detail. is very very important. Yes, so important. yes, because you know there are going to be there there are going to be readers out there who will. Uh, sort of pick holes if yes, possible. Yes, absolutely. Do you ever get any letters about that sort of stuff? Occasionally, not yeah. too often, thankfully. But maybe that kind of looking for the detail, I think, is really important. So maybe that saved me from a few letters. There probably be yes, a post bag full of them now, but now I've discussed it. Yes, yes. How important is it, or to what extent does this play a part, that you share some kind of aesthetic preference? I mean, do you feel, in terms of your sort of visual preferences, the kind of art you like, the kind of decoration, that, that it's likely to be the same? Are you on the same sort of wavelength visually, do you think? I think we are. Um, I think we are, but I, apart from occasionally registering um, stupid prejudices like not wanting Arthur and George to look Victorian, um, I, I, generally, I generally think um, that she will find the right aesthetic for the book. Um, and I always respond to Julian's text, and what's so wonderful is that every book is so different. Yes. And it's, it's when the manuscript comes, it's the excitement of it. And knowing that there's going to be a challenge, normally it's handed over to me saying, this one will be a challenge. Yes. And it's interesting because the, the one that won the Booker Prize, Sense of an Ending, um, has, a, has a particular, it's, it's got hand, you hand lettered that, that, hand painted yes. the letters. And it's, it's, almost, it's an almost entirely. A lettered cover with just a few, and it's sort of um, smudgy and somber. And smudgy, and, yes, yes, that's that's the kind of feel. And, and so the next book that came along had a rather similar hand-painted mm. look to it, in the same and the same typeface. Mm. Yes. Um, so, you know, uh, it could it would be easy for a lesser designer to think this is the Julian Barnes look. But what Suzanne responds to when she gets the noise of time is this is a completely different sort of book and must have a different aesthetic. Mm. Yes, um, absolutely. And, and it never crossed it, anyone's mind that you should do the same thing three times. No, no, no. no. One of the things that really makes this oh, is the the black. Yes. Well, you tell me how to. Is it just called edging? It's What's this, it? It's black tell, pages say what, edged, what it's yeah. on. It's on the sense on of the an ending. On the sense of an ending. Yes, and and. 
that just came. I don't. I can't. I'm, I'm, it's such a weird thing where things come from that spark, and it really does make it, doesn't it? Yes, and it has because the the. Is As this the, paper the foreage? Round. That, yes, it, it's um, black too. It's black, and then and so. But you told me that uh, there was a terrible problem reprinting because oh, this yes. has a black foreedge, and you think that must be easy to do. No. But apparently, they have to line them up and they have to hand spray, spray them. No. Yes. So, so when they when it won the Booker Prize and they put in an order for however many tens of thousands more, the answer came back from the print. Print works. Um, oh, we, we can't do. Yeah. We can only do some of them with yes. with the black painted foredge because uh, it would just take us too long. And so, so things like that suddenly come yes, into. So it, somewhere a man or possibly a woman goes home from work and says, "What did you do today? I, I hand sprayed yes. five thousand copies. That's <laughs> a sense of ending. Didn't God, I hate that book. book. <laughs> it made a difference, and and people were fighting over that in the shops. They wanted the ones with the black edges. And I remember that distinctly. There is always this issue about collectability, and obviously this has changed over the years because there are all sorts of different formats, editions, e-editions of books, and that does change. I guess in some ways it makes things more highly prized and collectible. How much does that sort of uh, play a part in how you design things and the look of something, the idea of kind of posterity and making something Mm. that will sort of last rather than something that will just look very handsome piled up in the bookshop? For a short while, I, n- I never sit there thinking like that. I will just respond and do the most beautiful job I can. I mean, I'm I'm trying to get the most perfect essence of the text each time, and I I don't sit there and think this has to look and stay forever. And I mean, I hope that that cover for the noise of time becomes iconic. I I feel it should be, and the book is so brilliant that it should be that package. And it becomes bound up somehow. Mm, the image mm, and the text and everything mm, mm. unites and becomes light sense. Yes, the ending it, it becomes. It's like titles because sometimes it's the the if the title you're not sure whether the title works or not, but the book makes the title. And there's something about the cover and the book yes, working it together. Ties so it, it together does in does that gradually sort of tie it together. But there's another essence, point which yeah. is I remember when I won the Booker Prize, my speech. I, I I made Suzanne cry because I said I you know it's very important to thank everyone who's, who's and I said she's the best designer in town and but I also said that that it's it's increasingly important with the physical book that it, in order to resist the challenge of the ebook it should be something that makes you want to pick it up buy it give it to people and I think that. You know, Suze, the art of Suzanne and people like her is possibly more appreciated now by mm. by publishing mm. houses because they is. because they know um, a good design really helps and 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 helps um, individualize it, take uh, individuate it, takes you know, mm. say this is a printed book rather than something that you're that you're renting from an e platform. Mm. Mm. And certainly, the importance of the hardback as a visual statement has it seems to have um, become more important. You have actually made some other kinds of hardback, haven't you? There is a limited edition of The Noise of Time. London Review of Books editions. Oh, that one, yes. You supplied yes, an image. Yes, I did. I actually supplied this for them. When we start to put different images on screen on the CYMK website or blog, and people will look through it and suddenly pick out 
one they want and that's where they came came to me so I actually physically didn't do it myself but I did supply them with this letterpress um, version so sort of from this one starting point all these things spread out and Julian was just sitting here before we started recording saying there's another publisher who wants this one on their, their yes, cover. Yes, a different so, one. Oh, really? A close-up of a face with spectacles. All this work that I did right at the beginning, suddenly everyone can see it when you put it up and then they're, they're saying, I want that one, I want that. I want, you know, it's, it's the internet. It makes it easy access, doesn't it? You do, of course, I'm sure, work with many writers who all will have an opinion about what they want their book to look like. Um, But, Julian, you have a very visual sense. I mean, you're very interested in art. You've written extensively about it. Yes. That that relationship can't be the same every time, Suzanne. What's it like working with someone who's so so, uh, practised in thinking about visual images? Well, what's so nice about working with Julian is that I... Well, there's the trust that he sees what I will be seeing and showing him I think that's really important there's nothing more heartbreaking than thinking you've produced something and someone can't understand what you're trying to show them um, and I th- I think over time you build up that trust mm, mm, and you mm, will know that mm, I'll be mm. working my very hardest to give you the best cover I possibly can and, and I really and so desperate to produce perfection each time. And each time it somehow pushes me a bit further. I want to be, it to be better each time. You know, there's that challenge. And I think that just continues. Much like know. being a novelist, I'm sure. I mean, well, you want every book to be better, don't you? Yes, it, indeed. Uh, actually, I've just opened Suzanne's copy of The Sense of an Ending and my dedication says to Suzanne, is this your best yet? Question <laughs> mark. Brackets, it is until the next one. <laughs> Um, but but I remember, I now remember uh, uh, the, another story about this, about the sense of an ending cover, which is that uh, I went, came in for my um, ritual meeting at which they're all laid out in, in, a, in, a, in a order in which the penultimate one is the best. And it was much harder than usual because there seemed to me three or four covers which were all very good, but none of which just roared at me, yes. this is the cover. And I found it difficult, and I think Dan Franklin expressed an opinion, and I expressed an opinion, and we realised that, you know, we I would accept his second choice, he'd accept my second yeah. choice sort of thing. And Suzanne just said, just give me a few days. Yes, that's not what you want. You she don't w- want everybody's well, second well, choice. Well, didn't, I didn't say that's not what mm, I want. No, but you took, actually, you took them away, and I you then away. rang me. Yes. And I said, actually, before you make a decision, I've got something brewing. I, oh. I've been thinking, and I know there's something that I'm playing with in my head. Yes. Can you give me a week or two? Mm. And you said, yeah, sure. Of course, yeah, yeah. And, and that's then, and then, what happened. then she came up with the, with uh, sense of ending, which is iconic. I think we can agree. Mm. And um, and it was not like any of the other covers. No. That was the point. It was a no. com- mm. it came from completely left field. It was never. It w- it wasn't a cleverer version of one of the others. It was just something. Um, that worked instantly. Yes. And it's odd, as I said before, where do these things there come from? There is some kind of there was something alchemy else. or something yes, happening. Yes, alchemy going on that just took longer to brew. Julian, mm, mm, um, do, do you ever have an idea of the cover in your head as you write or at least as you sort of come to the end of a book? No, I don't think I ever have. And I, I, I think it's... Um, I think it would distract me from the book if I started thinking mm. about the cover. Um, I think you should never think about anything extraneous 
Um, I mean, I remember, this is probably irrelevant, but I'll say it anyway. I remember once talking to um, Malcolm Bradbury, and he said he'd written a novel, and he'd specially left something, a hole in it, uh, in the story, because he was going to wait to fill it when the TV adaptation happened. And I thought, that sounds remarkably bizarre. Um, And in fact, um, he got very cross because TV adaptation never did happen. Um, But I thought, how strange to write a novel and already think beyond it to a TV adaptation. And I don't even think as far as the cover. Um, It's never crossed my mind what the cover might look like. Um, That's partly because, obviously, I trust Suzanne implicitly. But it wouldn't help me and it wouldn't help her. I don't think I've ever said... Um, I think this should have a butterfly I think it should have it. a tulip on. No. And you, and you, the closest that you've come is off, and George, yes. I've said to you, is there anything you don't want? Yeah, and, then you and I told her, and she did it. Yeah. yeah. And there then I accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> That's designers for you. Um, yeah. But afterwards, when it does have the cover, and it will, I like so many things, I suppose, just seem inevitable that that was always going to be you the cover. You forget the second and third choice, or, or the one that you slightly preferred. Yes, yes. It, and of course, if it is the one that you you all agreed on, you, you know, you don't even try and think about any of the others. No. Does it in some way sort of, this is a very nebulous question, kind mm. of act on the text in a way? Does it make you feel in a different sort of relation to the the words that you've written? Um, not exactly, no, but it does, it feels like, it does feel like the completion of the book. It does. It, it's the moment when it is now a book, you know? And I like the fact that, that often the proof is is a really disappointing version of the final copy, you know? Because I'd, I'd seen it, as I'd seen it on a flat, you know, reproduction Stan had shown me. And then the proof comes along, and I think, oh, that's, that's not very good somehow. You know, it was all surrounded yes. with other stuff, wasn't it? And it was, it was a practical thing rather than mm. the, the, an object of beauty. Um, so when you finally, when you get the finished copy, and it really is finished... Um, printed, it goes yeah. properly printed. Mm. All, all, all the sort of um, admiration you had for the, the image yes. in the first place comes roaring back. But it is sometimes a bad moment when that that practical yes. proof with yes, lots of extraneous like lettering, lettering all and which over just it. shows how important all those little details are. Us choosing the right paper yes. and the foil, and also you know, for example, this is the, the images of Shostakovich standing looking worried with a with a little attaché case. And the um, the title, the noise of time, in four um, words, is is pressing in from both sides. Two of the words around his head and two around his shoulders. And I remember Suzanne adjusting the tiny, mm. you know, tiny, like that we it? want just a, a quarter of a millimeter between mm. his jacket and the T and things like that. Yes. She, and, and that's that's how she works. Mm. And it made a difference. And it made it? a difference. Huge difference. And there was something about the lapel, wasn't there? Yes. You needed the outline of the lapel hadn't quite come through. Yes, the printing was too heavy. The yeah. printers had, had pressed down too hard, and so yes. the lines had to be yes. adjusted. All yes. those details. This is, this is detail on a level that I don't think anybody would imagine. No, what goes on to make the cover work, I think people have no idea. Now, this is an invidious question, really, and you may have already sort of hinted towards it, but if you had to choose a favourite... I know we. You, I know you get better every time, hmm. Suzanne. We'll but try to. 
Well, about? obviously, I think her next book is going. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. Answer. My, my, ne- my next book. Is, my <laughs> next right, book is going to be her. Yeah, you too. have that. Your next book will yes, be my the best next cover. Next cover for this Julian is, is going to be the best. This is appalling, shilly shallying. I, I almost don't want to <laughs> to allow it. Okay, I'm going to throw it back at you. Bearing in mind that I have my own very elderly history of the world in ten and a half chapters, which I, I have to say, I think I might have been given for my 21st birthday. Um, and it's very precious to me. I think I think it's very hard to get beyond a cloth book, isn't it? There's just something so lovely. Mm. But I do think The Noise of Time is very, very beautiful. Well, in a way, they're all the best covers for that book. Yes. You know, the, 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 th- the three-shoe cover for Love, yes. Etc. is perfect. That's a perfect cover for that book. And that it wouldn't work on anything else. Moment. It was just... It was just right, wasn't it? Well, I think what you had to do, I mean, this book, mm. I suppose, if we had to uh, sum it up, it's a love triangle. I mean, that's mm-hmm. sort of, so you have to sort of sum the personalities of each of the uh, characters the up. characters mm. in these shoes, which you yeah. sort of, you know, the rather workaday one, the, the pretty one, the spivvy one. The, mm. the old sort of ballet shoe or dancing shoe with yes. paint on. That's flexor paint was such a Yeah, I remember you had tr- having I remember you going to trouble to get the flexor paint yes. on the shoe before you photographed it. And two of those shoes were from people in the office. Um, <laughs> who was the Oliver my... character? Oh, who, I who, get who, this. Who the co- oh, the correspondents. Yeah. Yes. yes, we should say there are two-tone correspondents, a sort of very pretty kind of red sort of Mary Jane and Oh, kind of a, a boring loafer, yeah. really. Yeah, boring loafer. That's boring Stuart. Loafer. That's awful, isn't it? That is somebody's shoe. I feel terrible now. It's all right. They're not here anymore. Okay, and it's a long time ago. <laughs> it's a long time you know. ago. But yes, we, uh, I bought that to just fit the fit the uh, part. And, and this is a, a rare, certainly rare. Then um, this was the cape cover, and it was being published paperback by Picador. And they tried all sorts of other covers, and they finally, their design department admitted defeat and, and took, <laughs> took the cover from the rival company Cape. So that's that's that tells you how. That good tells she, you everything. Tells you everything. Oh, then I Don't think remember this that? was yes, and I think this was the first one when I'd moved to um, Random House and yes. I was working for Jonathan Cape. So this yes. was my first Harper. Yes, movie, wasn't it? and so they were obliged to put on their paperback the cover by someone who'd only just left them. It's a tough lo- it's a tough world out there amongst the designers. Now I'm going to ask you as uh, as as we close. Mm-hmm. Julian, I don't know whether you're writing another another book or whether you would uh, want to talk about it at all, but presumably you are sort of gearing up for the for the next. You've mentioned that the next one is always the best, Suzanne, so you know it will come. It will come. I, I haven't even started anything. So Suzanne is allowed to satisfy other people. But <laughs> But but not to work too hard because she knows I'll be producing another one before too long. Will be very exciting. Yes, it will. And also, in in conclusion, I'd just like to say I do say to her on regular intervals, regular intervals, you are not allowed to retire until I've stopped writing. <laughs> and I mean it. She th- I mean, she's she's laughing. She thinks it's a joke. It's not a joke. It's absolutely serious. I'm not retiring. <laughs> it doesn't really sound like either of you are going to. Let's hope not. Thank you.